Good? Good. Great. Wonderful. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. This is... <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what? what the intro... I was going to say, this, this is the Noah's Love Podcast. <laughs> this is what we're doing. This is Father We Michael. are us. <laughs> Welcome to the Noah's Love... <laughs> Dang it. Welcome to the Know His Love Podcast. I am Father Michael. And I'm Molly. Molly. Hi. Hi. I'd like to read an important quote. I would love to hear it. Molly McManus charged you five seventy five. <laughs> Why do bad people happen to good things? <laughs> that's, that's from my Venmo history. <laughs> Just for the sake of answering the question, no, I got him food. Yeah. But can you guess what our theme is about based on that? McDonald's? <laughs> they didn't even know no. that I had bought you McDonald's. For the record, a true miracle. I didn't get any. Isn't yeah, that crazy? Something's wrong. It's because I just ate dinner. I didn't tell you this. Somebody that works here <laughs> stopped never... me as I was leaving. Uh, I was coming back from something. And it was basically like, we need to fix, figure out menus for you so you stop eating fast food. Oh, it, was, it was a bit of an intervention. Oh, my gosh. I don't see a problem, but anyway. I eat other food, just so everybody knows. He really does, and I see it. So anyone who says otherwise can take it up with me. Thank you. (laughs) But anyway, we're talking about... Bad things, good people. Yes. It's a classic question of, um, of faith. I feel like when you hear of people in faith conflict, and you might ask them why they don't believe, a big reason is... Or even just a big question is, why do bad things happen to good people? Or why do bad things happen at all? Like, why yeah. is there the problem of evil? It's a big... Mm-hmm. So I think St. Thomas said it was the best argument against God's existence mm. without understanding it properly. Yeah. Or even why do good things happen to bad people? Yeah. Like, sometimes just it can seem like, you know, you've done everything right, right? Like, you've prayed, mm-hmm. offered yourself to God, you've... Strive to combat sin. You frequent the sacraments. You're a good person. You're loving. And you might experience more suffering than um, the most evil person in the world. And that seems really messed up, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. Um, but I think just kind of the main thing I want to focus on at least is like, I think the answer to this question is less of looking at the question itself, but rather re um reforming the way we see God and what we define goodness as. Because yeah. I was saying this to you before, I think a lot of times we define goodness as comfortability mm-hmm. and pleasure, when oftentimes goodness involves pain. And that's a pretty radical thing to believe. But when we invite God into our suffering, it's only through you know, that invitation of God into our suffering that suffering can be a good thing. Yeah, or can really, even if it doesn't logically make sense, can make any sort of sense to us as something that's not totally pointless and arbitrary. Mm -hmm. That even suffering that is pointless and arbitrary, like things Mm -hmm. that, I mean, holy people get cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, Holy people have car accidents and all these things that um, people suffer. um, And it's not because... It's it's like there's multiple things. It's not because God hates them. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily like God punishing anybody. It's also not uh, because of somebody's sin. Yeah. 
our like amount of suffering doesn't correlate to our amount of sin. No. Um, Not that sin doesn't bring suffering, right? But usually, it kind of like brings its own punishment. That most sin, like sin, usually has an element of pleasure in it, or we wouldn't sin, right? Um, whatever that sin is, but um, it usually carries some sort of punishment with us. And so, even the, I mean, you, I feel like I have this conversation all all the time. You look out in the world, people are doing bad things, and they mm. seem to get away with it. Um, there is suffering in it, usually. And even, but ultimately in the end that like nobody gets away with anything. Right, right. Yeah. It's true. Like, and even if it seems like it in this life, you know, mm-hmm. we all have to answer to the Lord. Um, and that's why it's important to strive to be holy, right? Um, yeah. But I wanted to share a story that I think can really encompass like the validity of struggling with this question. And that's the thing I want to like talk about is that this is a really valid struggle Like, we're not coming on here expecting that we're going to give you all the answers to never, like, wrestle with this question again. It's something I still frequently wrestle with when I see someone really good, really holy, seeking the Lord, and bad things keep happening. Mm -hmm. Um, That's hard. Yeah. Um, So I kind of want to give an example. Um, I have close close friends um, who... um, The mom is one of the holiest women I've ever met in my life. Just a really great example to me. Um, And her husband ended up having an affair and just there was a lot of secrets and things going on. Really, she found out throughout their whole marriage. Um, And then, you know, he ended up leaving and uh, really went off the deep end. Um, It was pretty emotionally um, abusive to their children. And so her father, they had four kids together. Her father really stepped in and kind of became the father figure to her four kids, mm-hmm. um, and they just, I mean, for the little boy, the youngest, he was really, like, the man in his life, and he recently, at a young age, um, pretty young age, passed from a lot of different illnesses, um, and I have really struggled with that, um, that idea of, like, these people are holy, they're seeking the Lord, Um, they've already gone through this immense amount of suffering and like God gave them this gift of their grandfather to like be this father figure. And then what he takes away their dad and then Mm -hmm. their father figure in their life. Like it just, it could seem like, man, you just keep taking. And even when I try to seek you, even when they try to continue to have faith in you, what do you do? Well, you take more away. And that's really hard. Yeah. That's like, like you said, I mean, I, I didn't even know that, but that St. Thomas um, said that that's one of the the most valid or reasonable, I forget what the word you said was, yeah. argument against God. Because it's hard to reason with. It is. I, and there's absolutely nothing, there's nothing you should say in that scenario to kind of brush it off. Absolutely. Um, it's always a temptation. I think about, like I go to funeral homes a lot as a priest, and it's, 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 there's, there's a level of awkwardness that will never go away because what do you say to someone maybe on the worst day of their life yeah. um, that like, oh, it's, don't say it's part of God's plan. Yeah. Don't say even you'll see them again in heaven. Like, it was their time. Yeah, yeah, these aren't, it's not helpful because it's not something we can make sense of in this life. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, we're going to get into that, just the idea of that. It requires a shift of perspective mm-hmm. about who God is and how he works. But um, 
we don't have to solve that problem of evil. Mm. And I think that's really sort of liberating that when someone is in horrible suffering, all we have to do is be with them and love them, um, pray for them, uh, obviously, but like usually it's just that comforting. Yeah. And that makes such a such a difference. Um, there are people I've encountered in ministry where it's like, kind of like you just said, that's where they can't catch a break, that yeah. um, somebody's sick, something goes wrong, their car breaks down, like something goes wrong in their house, it's just again and again. And even if it's not happening to me, there's always that question, like, God, like, why are they having to deal with yeah, all this? Yeah, why are you sh- not showing up seemingly? Mm-hmm. Um, um, a question that I have is, and, and want to talk about is, like, why... Um, So we're talking about how we need to shift our perspective of God, right? So why does God allow evil? Like, I think of, um, you know, maybe, and I've heard some of our kids say this, like they they struggle with their faith um, and they give God kind of, they have that one last chance moment with God of like, okay, I've never prayed before, but I'm coming to you, God. My parents are fighting all the time and they're about to get a divorce and you start praying desperately and desperately that they don't. And then their parents still get a divorce or the fighting gets worse. Mm-hmm. And then it's like this moment of like, wow, God must really hate me because he's not showing up and taking this away. Why does God not always take away our pain? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think answer A that we can come up with is I don't know. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's important. <laughs> yeah. Like, there has to be a certain level of, like, submission to the mystery mm-hmm. of God, which is h- hard. Yeah. <laughs> it should take us, like, when stuff like that happens and we're faced with that in our life or in the life of someone we know, I think the first thing to to, to go back to is, like, what do we believe about God? Mm-hmm. Um, and even if it's really hard to believe in that moment, um, we believe God is good. We believe that he loves us. We believe that he wants what's best for us. And we believe that he gives us freedom to choose him in every circumstance. Um, and I think if we we have those as kind of like truths we're hanging on to, even if we can't like in our heart, like, you know, proclaim them with faith in that moment, like the, that's the framework that we should look at suffering in our lives. Because if God really is good and really wants what's what's best for us, he can, and you've said it a million times to me <laughs> and on this podcast, and, it, and it's so good, just like he can bring good even out of that. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think that's the answer, yeah. or at least an answer, even if it's really hard to believe in those moments. But I think it's a direction to go in when we're in that time. It's a direction mm-hmm. to, to kind of like point our hearts or even just to say, God, like, I want to believe this. Mm-hmm. I want to believe that that you can bring good out of this um, to keep that door open. Yeah. Our free will is both the most beautiful gift, um, but we also have the opportunity to turn it into, like, our a great form of suffering. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's all up to us and we're broken. And even if I'm using my free will well... That doesn't mean that my mom and dad have to, my brother has to, my sister has to, my friends have to, like it do- the strangers around me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that the people around me have to because they have their own free will. And there's this quote I wanted to read that kind of touches on this. God could have kept humanity from sin and suffering, 
and we've talked about this, right? But in doing so, he would have denied free will. Without free will, we would be safe under God's thumb, but lack the very thing that caused him to create us, love. Love must be freely given or it is not love. It requires free will and the possibility of choosing ill. God's very nature is love, and he yearns for our love in response. As difficult as it may be to accept, God allows evil for the sake of a greater love. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm showing my kids, and I've talked to you about this. Um, Who said that? Can I ask? Um, it's in an article. I think oh, it's okay. in, I think it was in that article we talked about. Oh, okay. So we'll, yeah. we'll put that in the show notes. But mm-hmm. um, it was in this this there's this movie that I'm showing my class right now. We're coming to the end of the year, and um, it's called A Case for Christ. Um, and you said you'd seen it. Um, mm-hmm. But for those of you who hadn't, it's essentially about this man and his wife. They're both atheists. She, the wife, has an encounter with Jesus, converts. And this man has a horrible time with it, accepting it. Um, and he's a reporter, and he's very good at his job. And so he sets out to factually prove her wrong and prove to her that atheism is correct and Christianity is a bunch of garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing so, spoiler alert, um, he actually makes a case for Christ and through talking to medical doctors, psychologists, um, a Catholic priest who was formerly, um, an archeologist and other people, like he literally proves that Jesus died and rose for us. Um, and that it all like factually makes sense too. So all this to say, there's this scene in the movie where he's talking to the priest, who's showing him a replica of the Shroud of Turin, which is uh, supposedly the cloth that um, Jesus was uh, wrapped in after he when he was buried, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, is it for sure, or is it... Uh, it's, no, not it's not confirmed for There's sure. There's lots of people that disagree. There's lots of good evidence for, right. for it being okay. real. I, that's yeah. what I thought. It was kind of yeah. like, um, you don't have to believe, but no, you can no. believe yeah. sort of thing. Um but yeah, so in the movie he said like he was he was talking to to him, the priest was showing him the shroud of Turin and and the guy said something like why so let's say all this is real. Why would a man do that? Why would he have literally um you know, taken like allowed himself to be crucified when he did nothing? Like he was at this like why moment and mm-hmm. um it got to the, this point where the priest was like, well, the answer is simple, love. Mm. And, like, sometimes we want a bigger reason or a more factual, like, I know that God was here or God did what I wanted and I can factually see it. I could see it with my own two eyes. I can understand fully in this moment. Um, but it's not always that way. But everything that God does is motivated by love because he is love. But that sometimes involves some blind trust. Yeah. And it, and it's blind trust, but it's not so blind because we believe in him, I guess. that Right. Um, if, I don't know. What do you I'm trying to think of a ridiculous <laughs> example. If somebody shot an arrow at me and it was sticking in my chest and you came over and you're like, this is going to hurt, but I'm going to pull it out because it's going to save you. Yeah. I could... Tr- <laughs> I could trust you even with that, with your medical knowledge. Right. To like, no, <laughs> so much. I trust Molly, so she's she's trying to help me. So that idea that like, especially when we don't understand, we still trust God because of who He is. Yeah. And 
um, as real as it can feel in that moment, like our suffering does not negate God. Yeah. It can. It proves his existence. Yeah. We treat it very much like, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to speak for anybody, but it can be easy to, (laughs) to treat it like, oh, a bad thing happened. So God must not be taking care of things. Well, bad things happen for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, we cause them sometimes, like you said, like we hurt each other. We, we choose to not love each other. Um, also like the world is broken. Like the world is clearly imperfect. Um, in the sense of like society and uh, I don't know, we all drive metal boxes really <laughs> right. fast down the road. Someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily because anyone chose evil or uh, anything like that. Um, yeah. It doesn't negate God's existence and it doesn't negate God's goodness. Right. And, um, that's something to wrestle with if you're feeling that it's yeah. okay to feel these things. Um, it's okay to doubt. Um, mm-hmm. But doubt with god yes yeah like um i was talking to one of our friends the other day about two different people who are in similar situations of like doubt in their faith and one of them had kind of just given up on catholicism um and the other hadn't and was still struggling and is still struggling immensely with belief but is still going to mass and is still pursuing christ and that's how we doubt and we suffer and we struggle well. Um, and that's all that God asks of us in our suffering. And he might not give us this lightning bolt moment, but he is present to us. And if we actually are open to receiving him, he will show up for us. Because I think that's a key thing. Sometimes we're so closed off to God. Like, And that was another part of the movie that I thought was so good was he talked to one person who, and he was just like, he had really collected all this proof, but he was still like, God isn't real. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, are you actually looking for an answer or have you already made up your mind? And we have to check ourselves for that, right? Like, do we actually have an open heart for God? Like, when I'm in a moment of suffering and I'm wondering where God is, am I looking for him or am I pissed because he's not there? Yeah. And just thinking about that, because that's not an open heart. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be able to sense his presence when I'm filling myself with this uh, passive aggressiveness, this anger, this disdain that pushes him away that, or ultimately doesn't leave room for him in my heart yeah. because it, my heart is too busy being overcome by other things. All this stuff, if you're in a moment of suffering, may sound like total garbage. It right. may seem like we're not living in the real world. Um, but I would just like invite you to think about it this way, that um, keeping an open heart to the greatest possible good for yourself, that... So, like, maybe God doesn't feel real in this moment, or maybe it feels like he hates you. Mm -hmm. Um, But what you're keeping yourself open to the possibility of is that, no, like, I'm feeling this right now, and it's valid, and it's real, but um, maybe it's not the the whole truth. And the whole truth is the possibility for all of us that, like, God, the creator of the universe, really does love us, really will bring good out of this horrible thing, whatever this horrible thing is and is inviting us to trust him. Yeah. An interesting thing that I heard once was that, like, yes, it takes, uh, though there's plenty of facts to prove, you know, Jesus and his resurrection and other parts of our faith, um, it does take a certain level of faith, but it also takes a certain level of a different kind of faith to not believe in God. Yeah. Like, it takes no... 
like you don't know that for sure no. either. Right? No, we like, don't. Yeah, you are just saying because I don't know this one thing for sure, then that must mean this other thing is true. But you, what proof do you have that there's no God? You know, and we can't prove that. Right. No and one I, can prove right. that. And I personally would rather put my faith, though this faith for me is based on personal experience, um, factual evidence, but there's still that level of faith. And I'd mm-hmm. rather put it in like, if, if it's like people will say, if uh, Catholicism is uh, either Catholics are absolutely insane for believing what we believe or we're right. Yeah. And it's like, I would like, th- if this is true and we fully believe that it is, and this is the greatest reality ever. And isn't that worth taking that leap of faith for? It's everything. Yeah. I had a friend in college, and um, she wasn't Catholic, but she would come. So I didn't go to I didn't go to Franciscan, um, like Rude. some people. <laughs> uh, but we would come down from where we went to college, about an hour and a half away, and go to the festivals of praise, where yeah. there's Eucharistic adoration and music and stuff. And so she's a Methodist, like, um, but like we had talked a lot and lots of questions back and mm-hmm. forth. But um, she was so honest about like she's like, yeah, I don't believe it. It seems crazy to me what you're doing there that we're worshiping a piece of bread right. if we're wrong. Um, but that, that if it's true, it's the most amazing thing. And I think that's the the hope that can pour into our experience of evil and mm-hmm. suffering is that, okay, if God is really real, he's way, 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 way bigger than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think another point that's important is like all, it also sometimes takes – and this is that shift in perspective of God, right? Like something that we may see as suffering is actually good because sometimes our lives need to be totally shaken up to take us out of something that mm-hmm. is not what we should be in. Like there's another quote. Got lots of quotes today. Quoted. <laughs> sometimes our lives have to be completely shaken up, changed, and rearranged to relocate us to the place we're meant to be. It's like kind of a cheesy quote, but it's so true right like sometimes my life needs to be flipped upside down to realize and i've experienced this myself like i feel like i'm living on the other side of that right now Mm -hmm. um but in the moment when i lost all the things i needed to lose to get where i was now it felt like the worst thing in the world yeah yeah two things okay this article that we've been looking at yes was written by a very young matt frad in 2013 no way so that's that's one thing nice that's hilarious just a funny picture i just noticed but (laughs) That idea of evil, not so much evil, but like suffering and bad things waking us up. Uh, C.S. Lewis has a great book called The Problem of Pain, mm-hmm. which is about this, it's what we're so talking good. about. so good. Read so it good. And yeah. <laughs> so he says in that, we can ignore even pleasure, but pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. No doubt pain is God's megaphone is a terrible instrument. It may lead to a final and unrepented rebellion, but it gives the only opportunity the bad man can have for amendment. It removes the veil. It plants the flag of truth within the fortress of the rebel soul. Um, yeah, C.S. Lewis is a boss. He is. Um, but uh, that idea that pain and suffering... Wake us up to the reality that um, 
a couple simple things like I'm finite. I can't do everything. I'm not mm-hmm. all powerful. I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. Like my life is not permanent. Um, I can't be happy on my own. Um, just the fact that evil exists and we like recoil from it. Like, you know, like if somebody holds like a burning branch at you, you back up. Right. Uh, whatever it is <laughs> that seeing that and the fact that we hate it points us to that reality of like, no, there's, we're, we want something full. We want the fullness of goodness. Yes. We want God. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that we recognize suffering and evil and pain and all these bad things for what they are is because we, even if we don't know God, we know that they're, we're made for goodness. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question that you might need to think about for a second. But is there a time in your life where something in the moment was really painful and seemed like, why the heck would you allow this or do this, God? And looking back, you're like, thank God that happened. Not just like, oh, God worked through it, but like, well, that needed to happen. Hmm. You know what I mean? Let me give you a very, uh, I'm primed for this because of this thing that I went on today. Uh, oh, yeah. Thinking Perfect. about important moments in my life. So this is a less serious thing. Okay. In seventh grade, I joined the marching band at our high school. I'm not that tall now. I was really not that tall Aww. then. Um, very <laughs> short. And the first day, we marched up and down this real steep hill by the school, like backwards. And I almost got like ran over by the bass drum. And I was just like, Gosh. I'm going to quit. I don't yeah. want to do this. I had dreamed of doing that. for oh Like I didn't play sports. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was ready to quit. My mom talked me into sticking it out. But like it was such, it, it was that moment of like, uh, Facing that suffering and facing that kind of like uh, bad, quote unquote, bad situation that uh, it's like, no, it's it's worth pursuing this good. Um, so that's a really minor one. Yeah. Um, when I was in high school, I had like three back surgeries. Yeah. Um, and especially the first one was really rough in that it uh, just like really slowed me down. And it was kind of this like, you know, building strength up again and like not being able to run and all these things. Um, and it was kind of just like, well, this sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to have this experience. I don't want to deal with this. But down the line, like having gone through pain, like physical pain in that way, like there were moments, really clear moments where I could talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, a family who we were friend, like family friends. I went to school with the one son, but the younger daughter, uh, who since passed away, had horrible physical suffering and like they brought her to talk to me and like that was a real moment where it was kind of like there was I had there was no reason for that experience of, of me suffering before that and then I was like oh like no I I know this now like I can relate to her and talk her about like that there's more to this than just suffering mm-hmm. and this was like I was fairly young then and, and it was like it was eye opening. Yeah. That idea that our pains can be uh this is one of my favorite song lyrics, song by Thrice, one of my favorite bands. Nice. Every scar is a bridge to someone else's broken heart. Yeah. Um and Good that's stuff. true that our sufferings pave the way for us to reach out to other people. Yeah, absolutely. Um I'm gonna share one as well. Please do. May I? <laughs> um I so we all know Zach. I talk about Zach a little bit. We love Zach. We love Zach. <laughs> Zach is great. You love Zach objectively more than me. but That's true. Zach's a great guy. <laughs> um, 
But they're obviously, I've dated other people before him and I was in a particularly long relationship a couple years ago and I was like this is it like this is the person I want to marry and this needs to work out and like if this ever ended I would just be devastated and I was just like I thought that was everything I had ever wanted and ever needed um and it plot twist did end Mm -hmm. um and I was devastated um but it's so you know clear now with the person that I'm with that like oh my gosh sometimes like everything you like not no hit on that person just like rather like not being what God had for me but like sometimes it's so clear like what you think is everything you think that because we don't often dare to dream that God could have as much for us as he does and that's what I've been realizing a lot lately like I I never dared to even it's it's dream that I could like be loved in the way that I am and so I was but like that breakup sucked (laughs) I was in so much pain for a really long time um and just felt like man God just like simply doesn't want me to be happy um and I had this good thing and he took it away from me and God that means God doesn't want good things for me but it was because I just didn't have like capacity at the time to see how much he really had for me um there's another quote by c.s lewis um that just kind of talks about that shift in perspective of Mm. god um it says by the goodness of god we mean nowadays almost exclusively his lovingness and in this way we might be right and by love in this context most of us mean kindness i think that's huge What would really satisfy us would be a God who said of anything we happen to like doing, what does it matter so long as they're contented? We want, in fact, not so much a father in heaven as a grandfather in heaven, a senile benevolence who, as they say, liked to see young people enjoying themselves, (laughs) and whose plan for the universe was simply that it might be truly said at the end of each day, a good time was had by all. <laughs> and I think wow. that is literally wow. hits the hits the nail on the head, right? That's the saying of like that's what we want from God. Like that's our view of God. Especially at the beginning it said like we uh something along the lines of like um we see the goodness of God as his lovingness. And by love most of us mean kindness. Mm-hmm. And I think along with that, like I talked about at the beginning, comfort easiness um you know smooth sailing um and at but at the end of the day my biggest argument against or answer to the question of why do bad things happen to good people is because if i never had bad i think i'm a pretty good person would you agree i I say yes that's great we'll we'll take it like if i had never had and i've gone through some pretty deep suffering and if i've never had it happen to me i simply wouldn't be in love with the lord Furthermore, I don't really know if I'd be a practicing Catholic. Mm. Like, and I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but there's a talk that I give sometimes where I say, like, if I'd never gone through suffering, I'd probably go to Mass every Sunday, maybe. But I'd just be one of those kind of Catholics where it's like, yeah, I'd go to Mass, and that's really the extent of my faith. I go on Sunday because it's like the traditional thing to do when you're Catholic. My whole life revolves around my faith now. I don't respond to that perfectly all the time, but my, my work, my relationships where I chose to go to college, where I choose to live, doing this podcast, my music, everything. And 
that is all centered around the fact that I went through a time of suffering, realized I needed God, and found him because of that openness. Um, but in the moments when I was like, you hate me, God, I didn't find him in those moments mm-hmm. when I was filling myself with anger. It was those moments of surrender when I was like, okay, I'm going to actually give you a chance now. And I would take any amount of suffering if it meant that I would know God rather than having no suffering and not knowing him. Um because, like, I think the greatest suffering we could go through ultimately is not knowing him. Yeah, that's that's the ultimate suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, try not to sneeze. You can do it. Look to look to the light. Does that do it? Apparently, it helps. There's a light here. It's not. I do this. I just pinch the very end. Like this? Not like close your nostrils, but just like the very end. Does that work? Yeah. <gasps> I've never heard of that. Anyway, <sighs> Google it. Um, <laughs> I believe you. Comfort will kill us like i strongly believe that and it's i mean like i can be such a slave to comfort but um (laughs) we we do so much to ensure our comfort and i i'm repeating myself i know it i've said this on the show before we always repeat ourselves it's fine but uh (laughs) yeah like we are so like so amazingly fortunate i'm talking about you and me and probably pretty much everyone that's listening to this to live where we live, that we we have everything we need mm-hmm. almost all the time. And we can get more than we need all the time. But comfort will make us small. It will make us weak and not, like you said, not dream. It'll make us slaves to ourselves. Yeah. God has so much more for us than just being us being comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's not like comfort is it intrinsically bad but if we make that the aim and if we make if we make our idea of god as someone who just keeps me comfortable it's going to keep me comfortable right to hell yeah um yeah because that will come first rather than Mm -hmm. the challenge and i think all we have to do is look at like the scriptures and the stories of people in the bible um especially jesus love that guy (laughs) love that guy (laughs) think about the lives of the saints who just embraced Saint Therese is my Pain. favorite saint. Like, and she she died of tuberculosis, which I think is like the disease of the saints because it's none of them did. Right. And she, in her, her story of a soul, she coughed out blood and rejoiced when in the morning when she saw that it was blood yes. on her handkerchief. That because she knew she got to suffer for the Lord. Yeah, it's um, freaking ridiculous. I'm I am garbage. <laughs> I know like, this literally when, makes me like I gotta like go do something yeah and, and like we're in different we live different states of life than, no than her yeah but like just that willingness to embrace suffering that just happens because it happens yeah um, pope francis is i think canonizing this woman saint margaret of costello um shout out to no. I, think, <laughs> I think it's spelled differently ah oh, dang it but she was and i this is gonna be super vague we'll put it in the show notes <laughs> but she had like crazy like like i think spinal deformities and like stuff with her face and it was just like didn't look like we would say like a beautiful person mm. um abandoned by her parents <sighs> but just like embraced life embraced her life serving god serving the poor sharing the faith and like she's a saint that we recognize like we say she's in heaven mm-hmm. uh the only people we say are anywhere as the church is are these canonized saints that say like no they're in heaven for sure and, and it was 
And so many times it's from like it's people who embrace the suffering that comes their way. What's that book that you told me to read? Into Your Hands, Father. Yeah. By Wilfred Sinison. Because that's a lot about a lot about that of just like embracing God's will as it comes to you. And sometimes that means embracing really hard things. Yeah. Blessed Chiara Luce Badano. I have this medal of hers that I used to wear that says embrace pain makes one free. And Say that's it again. embraced pain makes one free. Yeah. And that's everything. It's not and it's not just about embracing pain because it's the thing to do. Because Christ did it and so we should do it too. But it, it it's embracing pain because it leads to our freedom. Like the whole point of all of this isn't just to be a good Christian. It's to lead to our happiness. Like you were talking about like it's be, it leads us to these deeper, more full lives of joy that God has for us. These dreams that are bigger than what we can comprehend when we're stuck in this idea that suffering can't be used for good. That's a, keeping ourselves in a box and God has not made us to be in, a, in boxes. He's made us to be free. And that involves embracing our pain sometimes. So why don't we just take a minute to shift our perspective and not just think of evil is things that don't feel good, but rather say, God, what do you say of this? Mm. Or God, where are you in this? Yeah. That can change everything. Final book recommendation for me. No. No, uh, his dot love. No. <laughs> is it Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, who was in a concentration camp. And it's kind of like our our ultimate and sometimes the last freedom we have is to choose love even in inescapable suffering. Yep. That's a group. Yeah. Read that book. Okay. Right now. Okay. Um, Gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Embrace pain. It'll set you free. Good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people. But despite it all, God is who he says he is. God is good no matter what. Mm -hmm. And he is our hope. When things aren't good, God is still good. When things don't make sense, he makes sense. The end. The end. But Father. Dang it, I was going to get you. I know, I liked beating you to it. How has God loved you this week? So today I was at this parish renewal thing. It's like the most vague thing it's like a program it's me and like four other pastors and we're, we're doing some different things to learn how to be better leaders and uh uh invigorate our parishes like renew our parishes and today was about finding our why like why we do what we do just in general in life and part of that process was kind of like thinking of important memories and telling them to someone else so telling them to one of the other priests there and kind of having them uh, look for themes and connections. And so I did that with this priest who I know, mm-hmm. uh, not like crazy well, but I know fairly well. And um, just that positive experience of like me doing that for him and him doing that for me and uh, revealing God's work in our lives to each other. Yeah. And it was, it was I didn't know we were going to do that today, but it was very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. How about you? How has God loved you lately? So... Get ready to be affirmed. <laughs> He's like, oh no. oh no. Tomorrow is a big day. It is Father's 10 year anniversary of being ordained a priest, which is pretty freaking amazing. Um, as the kids have said, that's a really long time. You make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> Already. <laughs> I know. 
finally he cries on the podcast too. It's not just me. Hide behind the pop filter. <laughs> and um, so I've just been thinking a lot this week. Um, not that you you've done anything out of the ordinary this week, but I've just been thinking a lot about how like in the past two years that I've known you, like you gave that yes to God as a priest at your ordination 10 years ago. And in the past two years, I've truly seen you live it out every single day in your priesthood and how much that has blessed me. And so I've been thinking a lot about that this week as we get ready to celebrate you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And just what a gift that is. Like I had no idea two years ago, I walk in for my first interview and you're there and I'd be meeting one of my dearest friends who has just like called me on and has taught me so much about the Lord. So thank you for your priesthood. It is such You're a welcome. gift in my life. You're welcome. Thank you. That's very kind. You're welcome. We like don't. Anytime we're nice to each other, we just laugh. I don't know what that means. I don't know either. Maybe we need to learn how to take compliments. You did a good job, though. You said no, thank you. That you is weren't entirely like... from you. Because <laughs> you do it to me, and I see you do it to kids all the time. I literally did it today. Yeah, that's good. I was like, I just go, stop. Just say thank you. No thank you buts. Yes. So, good job. It's very wise. Thank you. <laughs> well, anyway, say, um, a, say a prayer for Father on and, his anniversary. Please do. There's a Well, when we, this comes out, a new priest for our diocese will have just been ordained. So yeah. pray for by now, Father, Father Jeremiah. Jeremiah. That's exciting. Super cool. And next week, so Friday after this comes out, yeah. something's happening. Something's happening. <laughs> what is that, Molly? <laughs> My new single's being released. Holy crap. I, mean, I can't believe that's, that's yeah. crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is Fire My Father came out, but this is my first single by myself. Um, it's called Perfect Love. I'm super excited about it. I'm sure we'll talk. I'll talk about it more on next week's podcast. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, You'll be able to, if you follow me on Instagram, I'll have all the information. And if you look now, there's a little sneak peek of the song and how you can pre-save it and all that stuff. And I'm super excited to share this with everyone. It's a nice little worship song. It's a good one. Thanks. Yeah. You've heard it. I did. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. Wow, what a week. It's big, big days. We do be out here. <laughs> all the time. Anyway. Anyway, oh, bye. <laughs> no his dot love. Uh, the end. <laughs> follow us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Please let us know what you're thinking. Um, All your thoughts. Every thought, but mainly, like, <laughs> what would you like to hear about? How is God loving you? And, yeah, all those things. Yes. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>